0: Let's pray. Lord, be our vision. Thank you for the ways you open all of life to us. So many different ways. We never know when you are ready to teach us something and we are ready to learn. So be with us in this time. Surprise us, Lord, with a new revelation of who you are and why you have come. We give you thanks that we can gather here today, here in this place and and online for all who are watching. We give you our minds and our hearts and our souls in your name. Amen. Well, it's after Christmas, of course. Here we are. And a few more days, we'll have the new year and then the holidays will be over and it'll be time to settle into a little more of a routine. And growing up on the East Coast, without the beautiful mountains and ocean and sunshine, this could feel like a pretty blah period of time. Because you got January, February, still no leaves on the trees, March, then it starts to come alive a little bit. But I know for some of us, uh, this can kind of, uh, the excitement of, the potential excitement of the holidays starts to wear off and we can feel a little lukewarm. Uh, And neither the best or the worst, that just comes in. And speaking of lukewarm, of course, none of us, really lukewarm is not something we aspire for in any way. When I go to Starbucks, I don't say, hey, can I have a lukewarm coffee? Uh, I know some we like cold coffee, we like hot coffee, but I don't think anybody's going for lukewarm. Uh, and today the passage that we are looking at in Revelation, Jesus is talking about being lukewarm. And he doesn't like it either. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3 is where we're going to land here in a little bit. Uh, of course... God gave this revelation to John. He was exiled on an island, and this was no vacation. He was exiled there. And while he was there, he heard this vision. He saw this vision of what it means to worship. And he saw letters written to the churches from Jesus about where they were now and where they needed to be. And then, of course, after that, it gets a little crazy, doesn't it, in Revelation? There's a lot of interesting things that happen. But these verses today that we study are right at the end of the section on the letters to the churches. And particularly to the church of Laodicea. And Jesus says to that church, and he doesn't hold back. I'm just going to read these two verses, then we're going to get into our text. He says, I know your works. You are neither cold or hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, and Jesus goes straight to the point here, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Well, it's a few verses later that he calls on them. Jesus calls on the church to turn on their ears and their minds. And this is where we're going to pick it up you see the scripture in front of you or it's also in your Bibles and Revelation three twenty to 22 says this listen I'm standing at the door knocking if you hear my voice and open the door I will come into you and eat with you and you with me To the one who conquers, I will give a place with me on my throne, just as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has ears listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The word of the Lord. Well, this is the final Sunday of our Advent series on welcoming the guest Jesus. We've talked about anticipating the guest way back on the first Sunday of Advent with the prophets. We've talked about cleaning the house, John the Baptist. We talked about hospitality, what it means to welcome Mary. And then we celebrated the guest with the shepherds. Well, today the guest is inside with us and we are interacting with the guest, Jesus. Jesus is working to get our attention. It's not what was said previously wasn't important. But what he's about to say requires everybody being focused. So he says, listen. So let's do that right now. Even the person who's talking, listen. Though this passage is sometimes used in reference to those who are not yet believing, in reality, the context of these words is to people who are already on the path of believing. But then Jesus gives the unmistakable word picture, I am standing at the door. Jesus is standing right outside the door. The guest is here and wants to be with us. He's not breaking or entering. He's standing at the door patiently. The Greek here, word for stand here means to position oneself strategically. In this case, Jesus has positioned himself in front of our door, the primary entrance to our home. Now, this is why I'm going to be rolling today. We've got a door. I thought about having one built, but now that we're just going to use this door a lot, but Jesus positions himself at the door. And waits. And he's not only standing at the door, he's knocking. So we're going to talk about three points that really became, were just jumped right out. Hear the knock. open the door. let him in. First, we want to talk about knocking. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. And we, we first see the history of knocking way back with the Greeks. Some scholars believe that it started several thousand years ago in ancient Greece. And the Greeks were known to be pretty picky about unannounced visits to their dwellings. They didn't like surprises. And it was considered a breach of etiquette to enter without warning. So as a knock was the way to tell people they were outside the door. And of course, some of us have doorbells. Our doorbell doesn't work. I need to do something with that. Some of us have knockers. And I was thinking about the types of knocks we want to hear. Because I, I want this image to be so seared that now every time you hear a knock, that we would all think about Jesus knocking. And there, there, there are five different knocks. There is the, uh, well, no, there's actually six now. In my opinion, in my opinion. You're going to come up with more. There is the, uh, the, the the knock where somebody's knocking and maybe they don't really want you to come to the door. <laughs> or they're trying to be respectful. Well, we'll go with that. Then there is the uh, the gentle tapping knock the, that gets louder when nobody comes. Uh, of course, and then there's the just, and this is a college prank that we... Sometimes I just like to, somebody's inside the room being all quiet, and I just want to and scared them to death, and you know, I'm standing there. And then there is the, uh, the oh, oh, of course, the oh, wow. now that's a whole story behind the shave and a haircut two bits thing, but, but we're not going to get into that today. And then there is maybe just the secret knock. And somebody goes, oh, that's Doug, for sure. But then I realized, as I was sitting in that pew just one minute, two minutes ago, there is the, oh, hello, you're, yeah, you're a minute or two away. Okay, and you're starting to walk up the sidewalk right now. Okay, I'll get the door for you. No knock at all. Now, how would you imagine Jesus knocked? I, as I was studying this, I was thinking, about, how would Jesus have knocked at the door? I don't know what the knock was back then. But we know that he would want us to hear it. So it had to be loud enough for that. So the first step toward following Jesus and deepening our relationship with him is to hear the knock. And in these verses, it was implied that in those days when somebody knocked, we would also shout. If we heard the knock on the other side, we'd go, who is it? And they would answer. No, no peepholes at that time. Jesus is giving us every opportunity to welcome him, or not. So the first step is hear the knock. The second is to open the door. Now, doors are a cultural staple throughout the world. They are the primary entrance to somebody's home, uh, whether it's a home of a friend or a stranger. And of course, thinking about that, I had to look up a little history of doors around the world and how they have been used. Now, of course, there's the funny way that some have used doors, whether, you know, the ding-dong ditch. Are you familiar with that? Where somebody knocks at the door or rings in the bell and then hides when you open the door and there nobody's there. Ding-dong ditch. So doors are used for pranks and fun things at times. Then in Brazil, I found out uh, that in rural areas in Brazil, it's customary to stand in the yard and clap and not even use the, the knock at the door at all. This is polite for dwellings that have thin walls and little privacy so that you would stand out away to do that. Then, of course, uh, in, in Ghana, knocking was a part of a suitor asking to marry So, if they came up, and I don't know if there was a secret knock with this, but then they go, oh, okay, this person wants to marry my daughter. So, there's that. Then there's door-to-door sales. Now, we all know those are the kind, we'll we'll talk about this in a little bit, what we do with that knock. But surprisingly, door-to-door sales are still booming. Would you believe that? After all these years, and I, I know... I could ask for a show of hands, how many of you have ever had to sell something door-to-door? And, and a fair amount of us did. I know I did that as a kid for fundraisers. I hated it. But, you know, door-to-door sales are still a thing. And, of course, Christmas caroling. Have you ever wondered about the verse, we wish you a Merry Christmas and it's, oh, give me some figgy pudding, give it right now? People, the the poor would stand at the door and sing a song and ask for some food that they might eat. So they would stand at a door and hope that it would open. And of course, trick-or-treat actually started in Hallow Mass on All Saints Day, where they would knock and do the same kind of thing, sing. And then be treated with food. And then pranksters got a hold of it. And it became something else. Uh, We can go into a lot of that. But I say all this to remind us that the door is key in our physical lives. And Jesus is saying it's even more key and more important. And to be looked at in our spiritual lives. And as I studied this, it occurred to me that there are three ways that we respond to a knock on the door. We can, as I've mentioned before, let them just keep knocking and hope they go away because we don't want to answer the door. None of us have ever done that, have we? We just hope that it'll finally go away and we just sit inside. And then there is the, if you're expecting a repair person or somebody you really want to come, you might be looking out the window and, oh, they're coming. And they go, wow, how did you see me coming? Yeah, I really wanted you to be here. That's why. So there's that. Or there is, of course, finally, let them knock. And then opening the door. And welcoming them in. Now, of course, if this is my home, it's usually not going to be a door that's going out and hitting somebody. So you have to roll with me on that. But Jesus stands at the entrance of our lives and he knocks. And we have a choice. He's not begging. He's not going to force his way in. But he's seeking us. I read a quote from William Barclay this week that said, No other religion in the world has the vision of a seeking God who stands at the door and wants to come in. And when we open the door, we have declared that we have heard the knock and the voice of Jesus. And we listen. And he spoke. Jesus said, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to eat with you and you with me. So the final point is, hear the knock, open the door, let him in. Jesus said, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. And some versions translate this, sup with you and you with me. Now, we all know the significance of a meal, isn't it? A meal is a wonderful time to get together people that you know really well. But it's also a little bit easier to get together with people that you don't know as well. And... We could never underestimate the power of a meal. And Jesus knew that. Because back then, this is where the importance of the word supper is. There was breakfast. There was lunch. And there was supper. Breakfast, back then, was typically a dried slice of bread dipped in wine. That's it. No Made to order omelet, eggs over easy, lucky charms. None of that. It was all piece of bread dipped in wine. And then lunch was typically a little picnic snack that somebody might have that they would eat on the side of the road while they were out. A very much smaller portion than what we would eat these days. Supper, however, was the main meal of the day. Where after a big day's work was done, people would linger and eat, and talk, tell stories. There's no other distractions, no cell phones laying on the table, no phones ringing anywhere else. They would sit and they would linger and build relationships. Meals break down barriers. It doesn't put us awkwardly in front of you. We have something we can hold or do during that time. Years ago, I remember watching an episode on the Food Network. I'm not, like, I don't watch the Food Network all the time. But I saw this interesting thing. And it was right after we got back from the Holy Land uh, in 2015, where they were trying to bring Israelis and Palestinians together. And of course, the hour-long special spent a lot of time on food. But they were also being very sensitive to what food was being served, who was going to sit where, how the conversation was going to go. And, you know, of course, this is kind of a little bit of a reality show. So who knows how it really went. But it it went just okay. But I love that thought of them knowing that culturally having a meal was so important. Not just sitting people down in chairs and looking at each other. Having that meal. Jesus had meals with prostitutes and tax collectors, including Zacchaeus. Remember that one? He said, I'm coming to your house today and we're going to eat. And his last time with the disciples was what? The Last Supper. And as we hear the knock, as we open the door, as we let Jesus in, he's ready to sit down with us, sup with us, and linger. This time is a time of deepening our relationship. If we hear the knock of Jesus, if we open the door and we let him in, He will not only sup with us, but we will conquer. Now these next verses sometimes get lost. We always hear the one of Jesus knocking at the door and letting him in. But the conquer part is actually something that, that gets lost in this. And the Greek word here is Nikon. From the root Nike. Now I may have mispronounced those, but that's the way it looked on paper. I'm guessing many of you have heard those words before, and they literally mean to overcome, to prevail, to vanquish. And with the power of Jesus, we can conquer. We will have a place, as he promised, on the throne with Jesus, just as he sat down and sits with the Father. We've got the best seat in the universe. What a great promise! And right now, it seems that we're in a world where we are being conquered just about everywhere we turn. A relentless pandemic, rising prices, partisan fighting, the never-ending battle against racism, school shootings, weather tragedies, famine and poverty in our world, and more, and at the end of 2021, Jesus reminds us that we are not conquered unless we choose to go our own way. This requires making, when we choose to go our own way, that requires making a prideful and a willful choice to ignore the knock of Jesus And instead, listen to the knock of humans. And ideas based on the wisdom of humans rather than God. And as you know, there are plenty of human ideas out there right now. But we don't have to be settled. We don't have to settle for being conquered. So let's review as we close here. Let's hear the knock by allowing... For quiet spaces in our lives where we rest. By remembering that we're more than doing, we're called to be a child of God. That by remembering where we are not allowing the other knocks of every voice in our life drown out the gentle and steady knock of Jesus, asking him to come in. Let's open the door by not ignoring the knock that we hear. Opening the door is risky. It's risky. It's a leap of faith to allow Jesus to enter our home and truly lead us into unconditional love, into integrity, into justice, into compassion. And more. That's risky to open that door. But when we make ourselves available, Jesus will lead us into greater depth and works the reward priceless and eternal finally let's invite jesus in and eat with him by committing to spending time with him in prayer in reading and studying the bible in being with other followers of jesus in small groups in discipleship children's ministries youth ministries more by worshiping regularly with the church family and learning more of Jesus together by sharing our lives with others as they share our lives their lives with us our congregation is rich with stories of how others are following Jesus and we can share those together jesus says listen i'm standing at the door knocking If you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in to you and eat with you and you with me and you will conquer. So let's ask ourselves, where is Jesus in our lives right now, in this morning, in this time? Is Jesus still standing at the closed door where you can have him as an extra but not needed for you to live your life? Or is Jesus standing at the open door where you see him, you acknowledge him, acknowledge his presence, but not quite at the place where you're ready to invite him in to sit down? Or is Jesus sitting at the table with you, eating, laughing, debating, challenging, encouraging you now? No matter where Jesus is in your life today, I trust that you feel safe in this this moment, in this space right now, to let our Lord who has come among us and will come again to sit with us and consider the full life that he's ready to give you. Let's take a few quiet moments now and be with the Lord. Let him speak to us. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.